Hi there, my name is Adam Waters, and I'm the lead pastor here at Grace Bible Church in Elmhurst, Illinois. I'm just so glad that you made the decision to take us along with you this week on life's journey. Here at Grace Bible Church, we are a family of faith who seeks forgiveness, healing, and hope in Jesus Christ. Now, we might all come from different backgrounds, but each of us recognize that the tremendous needs in our lives point us to one place, to God, for His answers, His provision, and mostly, for His grace. I hope the following program gives you a new perspective on who God is, who you are, and how you too might find forgiveness, healing, and hope in our Lord Jesus. Thanks for listening. a challenge for a lot of us. Uh, listening is a challenge for a lot of us as adults. Let's be specific. We easily get distracted or just forget how to good listening skills. I read the other, the other week um, the book uh, called Directions by James Hamilton. He shares a unique story that I really enjoyed about the difficulties of listening. It goes like this. Well, first, let's, let's back it up because I had to put the history in there to set the time period. Before refrigerators, all right, now you, you got that. Before refrigerators, they used ice houses. Mr. Wiesman p- p- could tell us all about what an ice house is if you want to ask him later. But ice houses were used to preserve food. They were these thick-walled, no-windows, tight-fitting doors type of places. In winter, they reaped ices from streams and rivers, hauled them in, covered them in sawdust, shoved them in the ice houses, and the ice lasted till summer. However, one day, one of the workers lost a watch. Lost a valuable watch in the ice house. He took his time, looking in a station, asking his friends, searching the sawdust. Spent half a day doing that, well, not working, but looking for his watch. So, asked his friends, they couldn't find it either. They went, to, they went to lunch, and, you know, it is what it is. You lose things. A child heard about this, and then he heard about the, the watch, how he couldn't find it, and then nobody could find it. Now it, was, now it was important. He wanted to find it. So he, during the noon hour, he snuck into the ice house and looked. At, by the end of the lunch hour, he came out holding up the watch, showed the guy, and goes, what, how, thank you. How'd you find it? He goes, well, it was easy. I closed the door, laid down on the sawdust, closed my eyes, and then I just listened. Eventually, you can hear the ticking of the watch, and then I just went to where the ticking was. You didn't try that? Yeah. Um, Listening is not always easy, is it, friends? But listening joins a question. When we're speaking to God... Are we listening or are we just hearing him? Like the boy in the story or like little Samuel, are we listening well? Today we're going to jump into the deep end of the Bible of a single night in the life of Samuel. How he had to learn how to listen. And you know what? It's a lot harder than you think. Listening is a lot harder than we realize it is. Every, even now, today, good listening skills are not automatic. We can all hear, but few of us are listening. 
Few of us want to take the time to listen, to take the priority to listen, to move through the distractions of listening, to take, like me, the list out of your head of things you're always trying to keep organized and just listening to what the person's saying or hear the emotions behind what they're saying. Listening is hard, but you know what? It's a common problem, especially in our society today, which makes then this long sleepless night from Samuel and Eli something that most of us, if not all of us, can relate to. Um, today we're going to be in the Older Testaments. We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. It's going to be on the overheads, but if you brought a Bible, gold star, pat yourself on the back for that one. Um, we will, my translation is going to be a little bit different from the Pew Bibles, but it's close enough for you to, to understand, and it's going to be enjoyable. But while looking through this conversation in this one night with Samuel, Eli, and God, we'll be focusing on a single thread, a theme throughout it, which will be listening to God will change your life. Listening to God will change your life. So look with me in 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look at the first three verses. Verse 1. The boy Samuel served, in the, served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and prophetic visions were not widespread. One day, Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in his usual place. Before the lamp of, the, of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. So let's set up this, the night a little bit by going through a little bit of this scene that starts in verse 3. This is um, the time pre-Kings, before King, King Saul reigned and, and so forth. Like they said in Judges previously, and like we've studied before here, where it says everyone did whatever seemed right to him. That's the, kind of the theme of what this is in Judges of this time period in Israel. And you know what? That's exactly what it is here too. Everyone did right. This type of sinfulness was exhibited in many ways during this time period. And as a byproduct, a condition of that, communication from God was rare. Showing most likely God's displeasure at their lifestyle choices and how they're acting. But hope wasn't gone. Hope was not lost. Hope was not extinguished. It was still there. As we, as we just read, sin did not overcome. The light did not have, has not yet gone out. Which means then, because Samuel is here, Samuel is willing, and this humble young man is here to help. And as we're going to see in this um, time with Samuel, he's willing, but he needs help understanding and learning how to receive and to hear. This difficulty in listening brings us to our first point today. Listening to God takes a careful ear. Let's look at verses 4 through 7, please. Verse 4. Then the Lord, then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called to Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I didn't call, my son. 
He replied, go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not know that the Lord, did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. Huh. Maybe it's just me having baby Peter rolling around the house all day. But I really relate to Eli a lot in this subject. Poor guy can't sleep at all. I would not be in the best of moods in this three times by waking up with somebody running into my, house, running into my room yelling, here I am. But that's just me. Uh, if somebody, maybe you as a parent could understand if somebody runs into your bedroom yelling, behold, you might think differently too. But just me. And I'm not, maybe I'm just focusing on that because it sounds, in the Hebrew, it's like literally, woodenly, and literally, it's like Samuel saying, I am here. And that just reminds me of All Might. But that's a sub, side story of my own personal anime fans, fanship. But this voice calling to Eli was not old man Eli because he denied it each time. Patiently denied it each time too. Let's put, put that in there. So if it's not Eli talking, it's not one of Eli's sons talking who are there in a different part of, a different part of, the, of the temple, then it's God. God's communicating with him. And this type of listening that, Samuel, that we see here from Samuel is impressive, especially in a boy his age, because this puts him in a pretty great group of people that we can see in the Old Testament, because his response, here I am, is used a lot in the Old Testament, especially with Abram in, chapter, in Genesis chapter 22, the story where he's called to sacrifice his only son. This is the same type of wording that Abraham says to God, here I am. This is the same type that Moses uses in Exodus 3 at the burning bush. This is the same type of Jacob when he was going down, the Israel, going down to Egypt and at the end of the book of Genesis in chapter 46. And obviously, this is the same type Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me, in Isaiah 6. This is impressive group of people, a hall of fame type of group of believers that Samuel has now lumped in with. Mazel tov for him. This is a group of people that Samuel has this type of listening with. But the thread that we can be pulled from Samuel, from each of these men, especially in this night, is that they have an open ear to hear, that they're responsive by, and have an open ear to God. So the, the question is not simple. How can we be like Samuel and have an open ear to God to listen? How can we do that? The first point for that, I would think, would be be distraction-free. Of these points of how we can keep one, this is the one that I don't like the most. I don't like this one. Because if you've ever walked into my office, you know that I have multiple things going at once to keep me entertained and stimulated. And I'm not just ignoring you. I have something in my ear, usually listening for a podcast going, or music going, something to keep my back of the brain working so I can function better. I'm, oh, there's, and you know, when you go home, there's TV going, you know, we got cartoons going for the baby, you know, the cartoons for the baby, not for me at all. 
but we, you know, we got these type of things. Social media can always be refreshed and never ending stopped to be enjoyed. It's always something to be distracting us, let alone the people in our lives, let alone where we are. There's always someone to keep us distracted. All these things are good. All these things are fine on, in a certain degree. But when we're trying to quiet ourselves, when we're trying to be alone with God, we have a problem now. Because it's when God's trying to talk with us, the God Almighty, the creator of all things, is not going to just yell down, Adam, Adam, up here, put your phone down. Adam, I'm talking. Adam, turn your, turn your iPods off. Just come on, Adam. That's probably not going to happen. God's not going to yell over my distractions to try to get, talk with me so we can have a community, so I can, we can talk and listen. Instead, our time with God needs to be quiet, needs to be alone, needs to be focused on God. Talking and listening, communicating, praying, which is talking and listening to God. We need to do both, and we need to do it clearly. Untethering ourselves from distractions, from distracting things, people, Places, it's hard. Listening while doing that is hard too. But it's not it. We also need to, to listen well. We need to um, guidance from a trusted godly friend. Look at what Eli says in verse 8 again. When Eli, um, verse 8, once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. Okay. As high priest of Israel during this time period, I give Eli a break because this is his third time talking with Samuel, having this interaction. It took him three times to realize that this, I didn't say anything. No one else said anything. God said something. It's also the middle of the night. So being honest, I'll give him a a break on that. He's probably very sleepy. But I'm not the sharpest person either in the middle of the night. But Samuel had no idea who was talking with him. Samuel had no idea. He just said, I hear a voice. Okay, I'm going to go help Eli. What do you need? That's No. And it's not that. He needed somebody help to understand because the Lord had not talked to um, Samuel directly before. Eli is the type of person we need in our life. Someone who we can talk with, someone we can get guidance from. We need these type of godly men and women in our lives so that we can understand what God is trying to tell us. People who have a richer, who have a deeper understanding of God, who can point us to him and have a relationship with him. These are the type of people we go to someone who gives great, biblically sound advice. Eli is that person. Because Eli is the person who pushes Samuel right onto the path of God and what to say. Someone who points us to God, to growth. 
Do you have somebody like that in your life? Can you think of somebody right now that you have that type of relationship where you can go to him or her right now and be like, I need help. What do you think, what do you think this situation's like? Do you have somebody like um, Eli in your life? Then I'll say the third and final point from this late night whisperings from God to Samuel is taking, having an open ear takes practice. Practice and a little bit more practice. Samuel did not get that it was God talking to him right away. It take, how different would this section be at verse 4, the first time God called to Samuel, and he just pops up and goes, oh, yeah, you must be God. We never talk. Hi, I'm Samuel. I've been waiting, I've been waiting for our conversation. How are you? What do you need? That weird, weird hypothetical. This is not what God, the type of thing. Instead, it took Samuel understanding and practice, a time, learning how to talk, learning how and guidance, learning having to have a clear distraction-free time so that he can converse with his God. We are the same way. We should not be hard on ourselves when we don't get it right away. Sometimes when I hear the different people pray, I'm like, oh, I want that. That's how I should be doing. That's what I should sound like when I pray instead of the stammering and stumbling. It takes practice. It takes time. It's, the more you do it, the better you'll get. This is what we need to do. It's hard. I'll be honest. This is not listening to God with an open ear is not easy, especially if it takes us time to do these things. You know, it might mean turning off the music in your car, turning the television off at night for, for, for an hour, took, taking whatever you have in your ear out of it so you can have this quiet moment with God, a consistent time to do that. Listening to God with an open ear is not the only thing, though, we can grasp from our time, this conversation at night. We need to also be responding to God's voice as it draws us near. Our second point today, responding to God's voice draws us near, which brings us to verses 8 through 14. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. He told Samuel, go, lie down. If he calls you again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that everyone who hears about it will shudder. On that day, I will carry out against Eli everything I have said about his family from the beginning to the end. I told him that I am going to judge his family forever because of the iniquity he knows about. His sons are cursing God, and he has not stopped them. Therefore, I have sworn to, to Eli's family, the iniquity, of, the iniquity of Eli's family will be, never be wiped out, either by sacrifice or offering. So if we understand the need to listen, and to listen well, which is not the same thing, people. Listening and listening well are not the same thing. How should we respond to the creator of all? 
Well, let's look, by, look at Samuel again as he's guided by Eli. Verse 10 talks about this fourth time calling from God to Samuel. And Sammy's coached by Eli of how to respond, how to communicate. Some way to, so we can respond, but not just respond in any curt way. Respond so it draws us nearer to God. And that is the challenging part, but very necessary. If Samuel responded to this out of character in some type of sarcastic way of, what up, old timer? What do you need? I'm asleep. Can we do this in the morning? I'm best at 10 o'clock. Schedule me in there. That's not respectful. That does not seek God. That is putting ourselves first before God. And that's a problem. Instead, Samuel humbly replies. The way he was coached by, by Eli, listen to God. But this time, did you know there was one little part that's different between the first three and this fourth time? This is not just a voice talking, because every time I read this, I kind of, sorry, but I kind of see a floating cloud that talks every time it shines. I see this like floating above him at night where Samuel tucked into his little bed, and I see this light, like glowing low light talking to, God, talking to him. That's not what verse 10 tells us, because it says, the Lord came, stood there, as called before. The Lord stood there? Oh, this is important. This is the type of closeness that we see from God to Samuel. While it's uncommon, it's important. Because this conversation they have is God himself there, standing there, talking, trying to get him his attention. And Samuel didn't notice each of the three times God was there. This is a life-changing conversation that they're about to have. But then again, you know what? All our conversations with God are life-changing. That's what prayer is. Prayer changes things. And that's what we should do it. We should do it more often. Change, it's not, there is not anything more life-changing than asking Jesus to become your personal Savior. This is what is the most important thing. And, but in this specific conversation with God and Samuel, Samuel, he tells Samuel that he's about to do something big. Look at it, verse 11. The Lord called, said to Samuel, I'm about to do something in Israel that will cause everyone who hears about it to shudder. Oh, okay. Everyone about hears it will shudder. Also, uh, some translation use tingle. The Hebrew, this is shalelo. I know I'm not Adam Waters and I'm trying my best in the Hebrew. But shalelo, meaning to quiver, to tingle, to resonate. Can you imagine what type of news, the gravity of a news cycle that would make everyone in the country shudder by hearing it? Can you imagine what kind of news that would happen in our society that would make everyone in America that would hear it be like, oh, 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 thank you. Oh, can you imagine how grave that would be that would make every person hears about it, just not want to hear it, not want to see this upcoming conversation? play out. But Samuel, nor anyone else in the country, would be able to re react like this, this tingling, shuddering sensation, if Samuel was not ready to draw himself near to God, to listen to his God and be changed. So are you 
in position to listen to God and respond. To not only hear what he's trying to tell you, but to respond accordingly. How do we listen to God and respond to God's voice today? One would be to have a consistent daily devotional time. And I've told this to the students plenty, so I'll make, they might know this already, but I'll tell you as well. Doing your devotions every day is important. But doing them so you could just like it's a homework assignment, so you just like plow through that chapter and verse until you get through, all right, done. Probably not reaping as much as you should out of it. If you're just trying to get through so you can push the notification off your phone of, oh, I got to do my devotions again. All right, if I press play and put it at five speed, I think I can do this in about 30 seconds. You laugh, but you know you've thought about that. You know some of you have thought about that. This is not what devotional time should be. It should be a time of intimacy with your creator who loves you perfectly. Taking time to read these words, to talk with God about these verses, to let them dwell in your mind and in your heart, to let them change you, and then take them and go and do with them. Because doing our devotions, it's great. It's growth for ourselves. But we're not just supposed to absorb as much as you can until we explode and get to heaven. That's not what it is. We're supposed to take these words, share them with people, let them be changed as well. It's not just about bloating ourselves up. Like, what's the girl from the chocolate factory? The, oh, yeah, the purple girl. Violet. Blue, yeah, that's right. They're not just supposed to do that until we just get so massive, like a uh, biblical scholar, you know. No, go and share and do. Listening takes an open ear, a responsive open ear. And we talked about all the challenges that are doing that. Responding to God's voice is just as important as drawing us closer to him. And in that, when we start doing that, responding and drawing near to God, we become less like our sinful selves, these terrible lumps of sin and more like the perfect God who loves us and made us. But there's one more point to our time together of the story between Samuel and Eli that we can learn to help and share, to help shape us so how we can be better listeners. There's one more time that we need to spend with. One more time where we can go back to this chapter three and have God change our lives for the better. Because the third point would be declaring God's voice demands no fear. Look with me at verse 15 through 18. Samuel lay down until the morning. Then he opened the doors of the Lord's house. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am, answered Samuel. What was the message he gave you? Eli asked, don't hide it from me. May God punish you. And do so severely if you hide anything from me that he told you. So Samuel told him everything. Did not hide anything from him. Eli responded, he is the Lord. Let him do what he thinks is good. Okay. Um, every once in a while, we get, I get to a, a section of the Bible and I just read. And I kind of go, to them, you ever want to know the body language behind, the, behind these verses? The emotions in the, in the person? I think about that one a lot with Abraham and Isaac's story go kill your son. And then he woke up and did. 
and woke up and left. You know, if those happen, what happened in the middle of the night? I want to know, I don't know, I want to know, did, after this conversation they had, do you think Samuel went back to bed? Do you think he could sleep? If this was you, do you think you could? Because in the morning, I got to talk to Eli and tell him that his whole family is going to be killed. And he, knows, and he knows why. Do you think you'd be able to sleep, wrestle, be peaceful? Would you be like, nope, time to get the coffee machine started. My day starts now. But we don't have any indication of that. When we get to heaven, well, I guess, first person to ask, let me know. But because of the family's consequences for the sin, they have to have a hard conversation. And if, by the way, if you don't know what those consequences are, I would encourage you to go back to chapter 2 of Samuel and, look over, and go read through what, how Eli and his sons are handling their priestly duties. We can see that, though, this body language between us, the hard news is important. This is Samuel has something very hard to tell Eli. Your sons will be dead. You, say, Eli, you know, it's not, it's not going to be good for your family. This is the news that will make everyone in Israel shudder. It's important that we understand because look at verse 13 when he tells them, I told him that I'm going to judge his family forever because of the iniquity he knows about. His sons are cursing God and he has not stopped them. Therefore, I sworn to Eli's family, the iniquity of Eli will, um, Eli's family will never be wiped out either by sacrificing or offering. Looking at the verb tenses in this section, there's no indication that anything has changed verb tense-wise. Everything's the same that it's always in. Eli, we hear Eli, he says, Samuel, Eli calls to Samuel, Samuel wakes up, he says, I am here, behold! And he goes back again. Nothing changed. Each of the four responses to God, each in the same with, with one, this um, Eli. He never, he never backs down from being, he says he's afraid. But he's never, he didn't stop. Uses fear to change the subject of what he has to say. Give him credit for that. That's, uh, that's hard to do. He did not shirk away. He, nor did, he, you know, because if this was me, I'll be honest, I would not be found that morning until I, you know, I'd be hiding a little bit somewhere, trying to avoid Eli for the moment until I get this process, this what's going to go on. No. He had no fear. And this is the same type of boldness that we need to have in our conversations with people in our community, places of influences. We need to relay the truth from the word of God to others. You know, and we need to do so with love. Knowing that the truth that are lie within this book, the truth from God will change your life. But they need to know about it. They need to know it from somebody who loves them and cares for them. It does not, and it most importantly, it doesn't matter where you land on the sliding scale of sin from, I'm just a little bit of a sinner. You know, a few white lies here and there to, mm, I've had bad days to I'm a well, terrible, terrible person. Doesn't matter where they are because the Bible tells us clearly for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages, the payment of sin is death for everyone. These are the universal facts for all of us. 
That's, these are the things that we need to relay without fear, with boldness, when we talk to the people in our communities, in our sphere of influences. Calling out sin and sharing the truths that are found in God is not always easy. But it's something that we're charged to do, all of us. And you know what? Here's the, here's the rub. When it comes to listening to the word of God, responding to these truths, it's all our responsibilities. Sometimes I like to think, you know, the lead pastor's got this. We'll just make Adam Waters do it. You know, it's elders, or the elders in Adam Waters, they got this. They, they'll handle all the heavy lifting for us. I'll just let them do it. I have not seen that in the Bible anywhere. This is not how Christianity works. It's, it's called for each of us, no matter where, where we are in our stage of life, to be these type of bold examples of Christ. Just like the examples that we can see from these conversations, the people who boldly declared God's voice, done in love. Samuel, little boy Samuel. He's just a preteen youngin'. So students, this involves you. This is our, this, it starts there too. This is Eli, aged old Eli. There is no end cap for us to stop doing God's word for age. It may seem like, well, I hit retirement age. Younger people can do that. I don't have to bother in my community anymore. We got younger families to do that now. No, let's not for the, get the example of Barzilli in 2 Samuel 17, the old 80-year-old Barzilli who willingly helped David and his message and carry, do, do, do the truth in there. There is no end cap for us to do, to do the word of God, to help others, in order to share the truth there. Nor does it matter about, um, look, uh, look at Abraham, or look at the limitations that in the, of Moses, the inexperience of Abraham. There is no example. God calls us to change our community, our in, sphere of influence. It's that is called to do for each of us. So what's next? Listening and responding to God is not an easy message for us to hear. It means we got to do some work. It takes time, effort, dedication to do, let alone do it well. <laughs> it takes a lot. So the question is, how are you at responding? How are you at listening to God? Are you the type of person who's listening to God, you know, when you want to? God, here's, I'm going to put my, lay down my schedule for you. I'm free between 10 o'clock and noon on Sundays, except when the Bears are playing early. I don't know who cares about the White Sox. Sorry, Mr. Logan. This is, God, I can't only do a, for a few different hours. I can only respond during certain times, you know. I'll fit you in. Any but if it's in my person, if I have it blocked off a personal time, don't bother asking. Don't talk, don't talk to me. No, sorry. Or is it the message that you hear from God through, to his word, too challenging to you in your lifestyle? A friend of mine was telling me, so thank you, Pastor Ethan, from the, for the story, of people, the common complaint of listening while in trials from God. God, why don't you ever listen to me when I'm struggling? And he gave me the great example that I'm just going to steal openly. Um, when in, in, in the middle of testing, 
teachers rarely talk. But you know what, teacher, when you're taking a test, teachers are always listening. It's important for us to communicate too. This is why we talk to God during these time periods. We t- communicate to him. There's a lot of things in here that's going to shape us and challenge us and change us. Some of it means lifestyle changes that we don't want to do. Still called to do it because our goal is to become more like God and less like ourselves. People who are not filled with fear when God calls out a challenging sin in our life. These are hard times, hard challenges. It's hard calling for us to be a child of God, isn't it, some days? Would it be easier if God just said, you know, don't bother. Grow in your own personal life at your own time. Don't worry about the hard things. Don't worry about that. Yeah, it would. That's not how it works, though. It'd be easier if God just, or maybe it'd just be easier if God just uses the elected church officials. Give you off the hook. You know, the, people, the, the board members, those are puppet people, the pastors. Let them do all the hard work. God, God, cho- God chose them for a reason, right? Oh, you don't have to. It's okay. You know, we got a Michael Happner. He can do it. No, that's not it either, guys. That's not how it works. I like to think of the, the quote from William Carey, the classic quotes that helps us understand listening, God will change your life. You know, William Carey has famously said, expect great things from God, attempt great things from God. Neither, he did not say, however, expect great things from God, you know, via your elders and pastors, and then let them attempt it when they're, when they're free to do it. Sorry. That'd make the code way too wordy anyway. It's not how the church works. If we want great things from God to be done in our country, in our community, in our life, we need to be ready to go. And sometimes it takes lying down in the middle of a sawdust just to hear and listen in a quiet place. Quickly reviewing, listening to God takes an open ear. Responding to God's voice draws us near. Declaring God's voice demands no fear. But when we do these type of things, friends, it'll change your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can gather today, this time where we can carve out to worship you, give back some of our schedule, our time, our efforts to worship you, to love on you. Father, thank you for the example from this single night in the life of Samuel. Father, we're called to hear. We're called to listen. Listening is hard. Listening is challenging. Listening takes time and efforts. And then what we hear, sometimes even harder still. But Father, we're called to be more like you. Help us to be better examples of you by listening, by shaping ourselves, by having you shape us through our time and our study of our word, through our growth group opportunities, through these people in our, that you place in our lives to be more like you and to share, go and do and share that with everyone we know. In your name we pray. Amen. Pastor Adam here. Well, I want to thank you for tuning in to Grace Bible Church, and I would love to hear what you thought of today's program or of ways that we can be praying for you and with you. So check us out on social media at GBCL. Also, if you would like to support our ministry, you can give securely at our website at www.gbclm.org. Now remember, God loves you. 
and so do we.